Welcome to In the Lap of the Pods Queen podcast with Paul, Joe, and myself, David. So we are going to be talking about the the Cross, the Cross album, Shove It. I'll be honest, I don't really know how many people will be familiar with this, this album that, that listen to the podcast. Um, it's it's maybe one of the most more obscure solo albums, whatever you want to call it albums that are not Queen albums kind of thing. So so this was essentially Roger's third album out of Queen. So he'd released two solo albums, of course, Fun and Space and Strange Frontier. And then he released this album called Shove It under the name The Cross. So he'd, he'd basically formed this band um, at that time. Although most of the tracks actually were recorded by Roger. You know, they were, it was almost fully finished before he actually decided to assemble a band. Um, around about it and actually release it as, as as a band album. So I think some of the guys that come in there did contribute to things. So I'll just tell you who's actually in the cross so we get an idea of, you know, the band members and all that. So you've got obviously Roger, but although he played drums on, on most of this album and probably all of it, I would imagine he was really looking after the, the vocals and guitar on when they played live and things like that. So vocals and guitar, Spike Edney on the keyboards. Obviously, we know Spike Edney from playing the Queen. Clayton Moss on guitar as well. Peter Noon, I think that's how you say it, on bass guitar. And Josh McRae on drums. So that's that's essentially the cross uh, band right there. So that's the band that went on to do two further albums, which we'll, we'll get to at some point. But for this moment in time, we're talking about Shove It. I have two conflicting dates for when this came out. Um, so I don't exactly know what the exact date is. I've got the 13th of April, 1988, and I've also got another one that says the 25th of January, 1988. So I don't know if one's a UK one and one's a US one. I've got no idea. But anyway, it came out in 1988. Let's just go with that. And uh, mm. <laughs> it's do. got... That'll do. That'll do. Uh, and it's got eight tracks on it. So not a particularly long album. So eight tracks, and it comes in at about 40 minutes, I think, something like that, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Something like that, so it's fairly short. Um, The album itself, so the track listing um, is Shove It, Cowboys and Indians, Contact, Heaven for Everyone, Stand Up for Love, Love on a Tightrope, with brackets, Like an Animal, Love Lies Bleeding, with brackets, She Was a Wicked Wily Waitress. All the love songs, man, that's three love songs in a trot. Yeah, (laughs) man, and Rough Justice to finish things off, man. Rough justice, rough justice, love it. Aye, so shove it. This is this is going to be a bit of a kind of strange one, I think. Um, certainly from my point of view, listening to this album, I'm thinking, aye, this might be hard. <laughs> this might be a hard podcast to do, uh, but I don't know. I don't know what you you guys feel about it. Um, but I'm going to invite you to give me your your initial thoughts on the album. But before we do that, again, just a shout out to the Deep Dive Podcast Network and uh, thanks to all the guys on there, and particularly Rye and T Bone, who are really keeping the thing together and and pushing it forward for everyone. And I think there's maybe another yet another addition yeah. to it. I am Ma- Maiden. Maiden A to Z is another oh, really? podcast that's I. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, so there, I think that was, that was just from a few, Sweden. 
Sweden. Is that where, is that where yeah. they're from? Cool. So obviously yeah. we are we are big Maiden fans, and I'm sure we'll be checking that out. All right, so we'll start things off, and I want to get your thoughts first on on the album. So I'm gonna I'm gonna come to come to you, Paul. First, um, give me your overall thoughts on Shove It. Well, I remember uh, just about when this came out, my good friend at the time, Paul Devaney, um, who I was at school with, uh, he he got a copy. I was aware I was aware of Cowboys and Indians being the being the single. Um, I think I, I'd seen the video maybe on MTV or something, or there used to be this rock thing called Raw Power. I think it might have been on that as well. Yep. Um, a late no, night. it'd have been the Power Hour yeah, then. Power Hour back then. Was it the Power Hour? Then? Then? Power aye, hour it became Raw Power later, later on. Later yeah. on, aye. Yeah. Aye, I've got, I've got it the wrong way around. Aye, aye, I keep aye. looking for that intro. See the Power Hour. The dinosaur. The dinosaur aye, oh, it's on YouTube. Is, is it, it on? I can, I can never I'm find it. Sure there was fun. something in America called the Power Hour, and it was just coming up with all the that stuff. And I was like, no, no, you know the English one, Nicky Grucock. That's right. Yep. I digress. So my good friend Paul Devaney, he brought the album up uh, to, to my house at the time. And, you know, I was aware of Cowboys and Indians and I thought, ah, that's okay, you know, uh, whatever. Um, and they put the album on and, you know, there's just a lot of keyboards and stuff. And at the time, keyboards, you know, I know, I, no. I, editing me keyboards on it, I, I just instantly hated because I was a wee dick. I was, what, 16 or something at the time. So I was just a wee dick and it was all about the guitars and stuff. So the only thing I was interested in really was having for everyone because Freddie was on it. Um, and that was that really. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, fast forward to now, I've had a few listens. It's <laughs> it's certainly of its time. It's uh, quite a quite an 80s album. I mean, it is more or less a, a Roger solo album. I mean, he didn't assemble the band until he'd practically finished this album. Uh, all by himself, really. Um, so, and in, in terms of you know the other two solo albums that Roger had out, Strange Frontier and Fun in Space, this that this isn't as good as those two, but it's still it's still got its moments. It's still got there's some some good stuff in here. Yeah, um, I mean it's not not a complete disaster or whatever. Um, yeah, it's a, I mean it's a good album. Yeah. Um... I think, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, my brother had this album probably round about maybe 89 or something like that. So probably not long after it came out. Um, I wasn't aware, obviously, because when it came out, I was 10. or 80, Was it 88? 80, it came out when I was 9. 88, yeah. Yeah, I was 9, but uh, obviously I, still queen, I was still a Queen fan at that time. Um, but my brother played it a lot. He had the other record as well. He had, sorry, it wasn't at that point because it wasn't out yet, but he did buy it a couple of years later. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I was just too fully obsessed with Queen at that time um, mm. to really give it the the attention, you know, that it deserves. Because I, I agree with Paul, it's a very of its time, you know, that there's uh, there's some maybe a wee bit embarrassing moments on it. Um, <laughs> here, not not embarrassing like, like oh, fuck, it's not Invisible Man embarrassing or anything like that, but it's like, yeah, it's just very 80s. <laughs> what uh, is? Aye, what is that? Exactly. Uh, Brian May, Brian May. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, I think, again, sometimes some of these songs could have 
probably have been better if the, if the instrumentation had been a wee bit better. Kind of like we say about a lot of um, Queen members and Queen stuff in the 80s. Yeah. Great, good songs in there, just maybe cho- chose the wrong um, instruments. That's just my opinion. But, yep, gave it a good listen. Listened to it about four or five times over the past week or so, and I don't dislike this record. Um, I really don't. I I. I I think it's almost impossible for me, possible for me to dis- really dislike anything that Roger sings on because mm-hmm. his voice is just quality. It's kind of like Freddie to a degree, you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Freddie's voice is that good, even the stuff that I think's a bit shit. I yeah. kind of find something in it because I like the the sound of the voice. But yeah, sorry, I'm going on. Yeah, it, it's a uh, it's a decent record. It's okay. Aye, mm-hmm. um, as usual, you know, you, I agree with you both. Um, it is very of its time. And I think, you know, you've, there's a lot of albums from the 80s that are very of its time. But the the, the songwriting shines through and, it, and it, you know, it almost doesn't matter, you know. You can even listen to some Prince stuff in the 80s, you know, classic yeah, yeah. songs. Oh, and they sound, I, I definitely. You know, they yeah. sound like they were from the 80s, but, but this, you know, they, they're of their time, but the song the songs are just, mm-hmm. you know, just yep. make, make them timeless, you know, kind Absolutely. of thing. Absolutely. And I don't think you quite get that on this. There's nothing on this that I think is completely timeless, but there's a few that I think are very of their time, but they still sound okay in my ears, you know, in 2021, you know, um, kind of thing, you know. So um, so there's that, yeah, on it. And and I think overall, yeah, it is, it is so obvious, you know, if it was the third Roger solo album, it would make total sense. This doesn't sound like a band album. So when you see that cover of all of them standing there and then you listen to the, the album, it kind of almost doesn't doesn't marry up properly. I agree with that. Yep. No, it seems seems very much like a Roger album. It's a few moments that sound a bit more more band, band-like, but, um, but yeah, it does sound like the third solo album to me. And I think that obviously, as Paul said, that was the intention. So, um, I I bought this I, I I bought this on tape from Woolworth. Um, it was in a bargain bin. I think it was one ninety nine. And it was sitting in there, and, I, and I, I, when I got it home, I listened to it, and um, I was a bit like, "All right, okay." At that time, the heavy metal was starting to take precedence. Ah, it was, it was, but it, it just, it just didn't really do anything for me. So I never really, ever, really listened to it much. You know, I'd maybe dig it out again, and I, I was expecting to get something from it. And at that time, you know, I was 10, 11 or whatever it was, and I didn't really get anything out of it um, at the time. And and again, listen to it now. Yeah, like I say, there's definitely things, things in it that I like. Uh, there's a lot of charm here. Um, I absolutely you know, like Rogers, most of Rogers stuff. Aye, yeah. absolutely. Um, and I, but I do think <laughs> I don't know if you, I don't know what you think, but it seems like you know Rogers really cool. He's a cool guy, and he was back then and all that. But there's something that makes me think that he thinks he's cooler than what he is. <laughs> oh, you know I, I absolutely. Mean, I, you know, I, like some of the I, lyrics in this and some of the things he's putting, it's like you actually think you can get away with this. You know, you know, you're cool, man, but you're your specific type of cool. Stick yeah, to that. I don't you know how to step your mark. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we'll get into that. And there's a few a few lyrics uh, here and there that no doubt we're all gonna bring up, you know, in, in this album. But um aye, listen, it's it's uh aye, it's 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 definitely worth a worth a chat, so why don't we do that then? So we'll start off <laughs> <laughs> with the first track. Uh, so we've got Shove It. 
is the title track, and that kicks things off. Uh, so, Joe, do you want to kick us off with Sherbert? Yes, I will. As soon as I like get prepared here, I'm an ass. <laughs> Sorry, I'm keeping everybody back here. I don't. Ah, here we are. Um, right, shove it. First song on it. Um, first thing I hear right off the bat is Rogers obviously been listening to early hip hop. <laughs> like, exactly, like, like it's total Grandmaster Flash, man, and even Beastie Boys. I, I, oh, I say even it. before that, I would even go as further back, Aye, man. It's like but, like in the late seventies, early eighties stuff. Yeah, t- definitely. Aye. But I mean, like, see, they kind of trying to be snotty in the vote and the, Aye, on the, like, on the delivery and stuff. Yeah, Aye, the okay. vocal delivery is kind of snotty, like the Beastie Boys, and yeah. So it's one hundred percent. He's been listening to that, but we know Roger to be that guy that will delve into new music and stuff like yeah. that, and that is probably why Roger albums were the best uh, to me like solo albums because the guy was obviously st- like looking for new things whereas I think maybe Freddie and Brian weren't so much um, yeah that's the kind of vibe but anyway I digress um, this has actually got really good production this song man this song sounds good like sonically it's thick and it's it's got a bit of weight behind it um, it might actually sound a bit, bit better than some of the Queen stuff actually production wise um, it's definitely got a, a low end, and uh, you know, the drum, it's a drum loop, obviously, and that's obviously where the hip hop thing I'm getting the vibe, yeah, the hip hop thing as well. But I really enjoy that. Um, I think the song's really actually it's good, and I think it's really he's really been smart in sampling, uh, obviously, Flash and uh, uh Bohemian fat Rhapsody, bo- Fat Bottom Girls, girls. Yep. yeah. Uh, he's been smart, you know, that could have, that could have come off really shit, but I think he's actually did a pretty decent job. Uh, chopping it up and also that's with the hip-hop influence I can hear as well not just in his vocal delivery but you know the way those guys were sampling, sampling and chop, chopping things up I think he's been quite successful in actually doing that in this um, I think it already sounds like a remix of a song yeah. it's like, like <laughs> and, and I noticed there's actually a remix of this yeah and there's I, an like, extended version I, and I'm like it's I, a, a remix of the remix it sounds like I, this was a song probably without all the crazy samples and then this is the remix, <laughs> mm. but um, but no, I, listen, I like this, and um, it's weird because <clears throat> this could probably be considered as being dated, and it, and it is. I mean, it is. You can see it is, but but it, it kind of still works for me, and I think it's because it sonically sounds good. Um, so some dodgy lyrics happening in here, man. Do you know what I mean? Girl schools, no, yes, we love it. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit rapey for my liking, but um, but it is Roger, so you gave him a pass. <laughs> no, nobody gets a rape pass. Your <laughs> uh, uh, rape pass are both. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I say, uh, you know, it's not quite Gary Glitter territory we're talking here, but I, it's a bit shady, you know. Some dodgy lyrics in there, man, for sure. Um, what else am I going to say? I actually like the slinky middle kind of eight riff. Um, I can't even remember how it ah, goes the, now. Da, 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 it's, it's I, like, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like almost I, like are we kind of yeah. picking out the notes and stuff. Yeah, it's kind of slinky. It's got that yeah. Roger kind of swagger. But this record's got it's got a lot of that anyway, and this song's got a lot of swagger. As dated, man. But I, I do enjoy this song. I think it's it's been a good attempt at trying to be hip hop. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, I you said a lot of the. The, the stuff that I was going to say, uh, Mr. Joe, um, no. it's a it's a good track, man. Um, it's a uh, and I it's it's well produced. It's you know it's uh, it sounds good. It, it sounds very good and uh, um, guitar's good. 
Um, and the, the samples, um, because they're so very, very brief, it's like half a second, yeah. whatever, you know, one second, that's it, in and out. Um, works really well. It's yeah. not like fun it or whatever, when it's just like, oh, Jesus, or, you know, the stuff in Made in Heaven. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool track, man. Uh, nice way to start the album um, and some interesting lyrics. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Roger, the, the eternal adolescent, you know. I mean, <laughs> what age would, would he be now? About four, uh, at this time, about 40 or something like that. Aye, too old to be singing this shit. <laughs> mid, well, definitely mid-30s anyway, you know. Uh, yeah. After late 30s, yeah. 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 But um, yeah. Ah, he's, he's, he's still 17 or whatever, isn't he? He's still 17 now, probably. Yeah, so I Roger. Roger's, uh, you know, he's it's still a bit chasing skirt and shooting pool, which God bless him. That you know that's what we want to hear. Absolutely. Because yeah. yeah. with the lyric with late night bars, we love it. Pool, we love it. There you are. Guys, uh, straight to the point. <laughs> school, shove it. Aye, exactly. Girl schools, we love it. <laughs> Maybe he was talking about the band, girl school. You know, I was like, I mean, girls, yeah. we love it. Cars, we love it. More girls, we love it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I've not had enough, enough girls, man. Get me on girls. I <laughs> will. Um, I, I I like this this song too. It's just, um, it is. I mean, it's 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 completely dated, but um, and then the, the sort of guitar thing, <laughs> the sort of main kind of guitar riff, the kind of crunchier thing that comes in. I can't remember it because. See, in my head, all those meaty riffs on this album just meld into one in my head because yeah, they're, 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 the they're all the same. <laughs> they're all the same. It's pretty, you know, because yeah. even you go back to Airheads, it's almost like that riff's yeah. the same. I know, it's yeah. like he's right the yeah. same riff. Over he's over using it, I, and he's using them in the same ways, kind of stabby bits. That, it's like that kind of like, kind of, so I, anyway, so I can't really remember. It's totally gone, the rhythm of the, you know, the riff, but I do like it. Um, it's I. I mean, the, you know, you Joe mentioned about the kind of the rapping thing and Rogers rapping, and it's like, aye. But um, <laughs> um, because oh, what's the what's the Grandmaster Flash song? The Tell Tell's bombing off state of mind, and yep, ah, I can't oh, remember any. I know the song you're talking about. Name? It's fucking. It's one of the most famous early rap songs. But anyway, the way he delivers it, it's just like it's the same rhythm as like that Grandmaster yep. Flash uh, tune. Yep, totally. Um, and uh, but the the samples, you know, they you mentioned this, this the samples that come in, and it's fairly obvious, almost like a rap was sampling, you know, all sorts of things. So he's 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 doing that. He's probably thinking, well, if I sample my own stuff, then I'll there's know, no lawsuit. There's no lawsuits. There's nothing. There's nothing yeah. to clear in terms of copyright and all that, you know. But um, I, I really don't like them. <laughs> I really don't <laughs> like right. them. I, 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 they don't sit at all. I, they just. Again, it's just more of the same for me, you know, that we talked about in Made in Heaven and all these things just put in and obviously fun it. So I'm blaming Roger for everything that happened on Made in Heaven because because of fun it and because ah. of this, this song. So I think it's Roger's responsibility. I think it's different, but I think I guess I pass and says that this is lighthearted, whereas the stuff that they stuff that they did in Made in Heaven is trying to be like sad and evoking this feeling yeah, of longing and no, missing no, Freddy and it's a bit shit. That's why I give it a pass on this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, but no, I mean, I've, I've got to be honest with myself. Uh, they, 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 they just they don't really work for me. I think 
Uh, they could have been it could have been done better, basically. Um but Mate, you like I was you like uh what's the song on Made in Heaven? Made in Heaven. Uh, you like that and I hated that and so we're, we're one for one here, man. We're all exactly, good. man. We're all we're all just, that's the this is it. It's the start, beginning to the end. We're all gonna we're all gonna start falling apart here, man. Oh, that's <laughs> it, that's what, man. No disagreements. <laughs> that's it, that's it. <laughs> on the rocks here, man. Uh, but aye, no good opener, good, good strong rhythmic. Aye, hard hitting in the production. I agree with you again. Your man David Richards with Roger Taylor, you know, because you know David Richards knows how to how to twiddle those knobs most of the time, you know. So good stuff really? for him. Um, and then we shift on to the second track, which is the single "Cowboys and Indians." Um, you know, you mentioned about Paul. You mentioned about uh, you maybe saw the video. I remember this really well because you were tuning into number seventy three to see the cross on it. And I remember it really well. Christ, really I can't remember that. I, remember I, I, I can remember um, watching it to see Gary Moore for some reason, but right. I can't remember. Uh, so the no, cross were on number something. Uh, they were on number something. I really I remember it really clearly because what happens is they, they all remember it was obviously, they, I think, when they would chap the, the door. door. Chap the door. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The door. So aye. they all piled in, and I think they'd somewhere, whatever they signed. I just remember seeing Roger signing his name on the wall somewhere. Mm. And I was stuck in my head, and then they, they obviously mined to Cowboys and Indians kind of later on in the in the show. But I remember you specifically, you know, tuning into it, and me just kind of like, you know, obviously same as Joe's a Queen fan at that point. But you know, this was obviously the Queen's drummers band kind of thing. It was one of their things, mm-hmm. and you know, and just watching it. But um, I don't, yeah, that, but that's quite it just sticks in my memory quite quite uh, quite vividly, and what also sticks in my memory <clears throat> from that roughly that time was was it going live. I think it was going live where mm-hmm. Freddie was auctioning his, not auction. he gave oh, up his jacket, his yeah. great pretender jacket. Great pretender. He won in a competition yeah. and I remember you try, <laughs> sending in a... Nah, sending in like, my to, postcard. To try, yeah. to try and win it. So, I think uh, my brother did that as well. Uh, that uh, sat, kind of salmon uh, pink thing. Yeah, uh, to try and win yeah. it. So, anyway. Mm-hmm. I suppose we better talk about this, the, the song. Um, Cowboys and Indians. Um, Paul, start us off then. Um... Yeah, I, I mean it's it's a it's a good song, you know. It's uh, again, it's not going to win any, uh, you know, Ivor Novello prizes or Grammys or that. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of dynamics or whatever in it, but it, it, it's interesting enough. Well, I think I, I mean I, you know you've got your hook. Ah, uh, you've got can I drive a fairly driving verse, and then it gets to the. You know the chorus; it seems to kind of just go kind of like soft, yeah, and yeah, air, airy ah, almost. Even the way Roger sings yeah. it and stuff, yeah. So I suppose dynamically, that's unusual um, you know, because the chorus usually ramps up. Yeah, yeah. it's usually the other way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a good song, man. It's it, there's not a lot uh, uh, much to say about it. Roger likes America and he, and he likes girls and cars and. But I think. And, um, you know, even just looking at the first two lines of the song, I think um, he's still cynical about America as well, you know, because mm. when you, they're actually two really good lines. Um, so it starts off, well, a long, fast dance of progress and the long, slow walks of decay. That's right. So he's saying yeah. that while yeah. they're progressing, they're actually decaying because of, obviously all yeah. the problems with America, you know, as well. So I thought that was quite a good, good couple of lines to open up with. Absolutely. Aye, good lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... <clears throat> Mr. Joe. Is that you? I am. I'm done, man. <laughs> Thanks for that massive insight, Paul. Yeah. Cheers. Uh, it's, a, it's a good song. I like it. Oh, man. 
wait for this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, aye, Cowboys and Indians, I mean, I've wrote here, this song's harmless. I, 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 I'm neither, neither up nor down with this song. Um, I think the synths are really dated and crap in it, though. Again, I, I hate that. That's shite, man. They sound a bit invisible, Manny. Aye, they're thin. I think it's the same preset in it. They're thin, man. It probably is. On the old DX7, just the same preset, I think. On the Jobby X7, it just sounds like <laughs> shite. It's just, it's not very, it's not a very nah, good synth sound. Good. Even if you did it on like a guitar, like, you know, nah, I don't exactly. mean a heavy guitar, but just like, take a gen, gen, or something. Aye, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> they just made it. Again, like I said at the start of the pod, there's a, this is a, a gripe with me in this record. It's like, the synths are kind of shit on most of it for me. But anyway, I'm really getting into the synths. I think the chorus is cool. I like the dynamic, like you said, because it's like, an unusual dynamic in the song structure, whereas the, you know, in normal fashion, obviously, as we know, the verses are usually going along and the chorus in a song usually soars. Do you know what I mean? That's like the bit where the song will uplift where this actually has the opposite effect. Um, but yeah, it's okay. It's an okay song. Um, and it actually, like I said in Shove It, where I, uh, you know, I can hear the, the definite hip hop influence. He actually references hip hop in this song and the lyrics. So there you go. It, it just goes to absolutely. You want the line, Joe? I go for it. The line is get hit to the beep on the hip hop street. <clears throat> well, there you go. <laughs> I will. Geez, are, well, he, big, big Rogers in his 40s and trying to be hip to the hip hop street. Hip, I, 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 hip, hip to the beat, mate. Hip to the beat of the hip hop street. <laughs> That's crap, man. But uh, no, but so there you go. He's definitely been listening to hip hop and it's all over this record, really. I think I can yeah. hear it in most of the tracks. Um, I don't have that much else to say about it other than it is just kind of harmless. It's kind of background for me. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. it does its thing and leaves. <laughs> yeah. So that's me. Aye. I mean, I think I really don't have a lot on it, to be fair. Um, the, uh, did you hear the, the wee bit of Dallas in it? The Dallas, Dallas? theme tune? Hear it oh. in the background playing. It's oh. just a wee, a wee tiny bit of the Dallas theme. And it just stops and just goes in. It's really kind of low in the mix. And then when I first heard that, I was like, what the hell is that? And I'm running it through my head. And I was like, then I could just see the, you know, the helicopter flying over or the ranch, you know, that's like Dallas. My mum used to watch that shit. Aye. Smoking Crest and all that push. Dynasty. Dynasty, aye. Jesus Not Slandon. <laughs> they, were all, they were all around about the same time, Cheat. I bet that's podcast for all of you then. Oh, I know that. Where the Dallas but, one's probably got about like uh, three million listeners from. I know everybody that listens to it is from Dallas. But I knock it. It's I'm the same. It's it's kinda just kinda I, I think what was happening with a lot of the songs in this album though was the more I listened to it, instead of getting fed up with them, some of them were just growing on me a wee bit more. Mm-hmm. I think some of them like, you know, were resting a bit easier with me even instrumentation wise they were just resting a wee bit easier with me than initially because I think some of it was a bit jarring when you first heard it you're like like you know the and all bits but I think the more I listened to it it bothered me less I know I get that yep you know but it's probably not necessarily the song improving in my head but maybe it's getting used to the way they are kind of thing but you know Joe talked about the rapping stuff and all that but there was a fact apparently that NWA 
um, got hold of the demos for this, and they they had to really up their game for straight out of Compton. <laughs> after, <laughs> aye, absolutely. After, after Herb Roger, yeah. you know they were like. We need to sort this out, man. We need to, uh, we need to improve on this guy, man. This, this white guy from England, aye, man. Aye. This white white fools laying it down here, man. Aye, man. We need mm. to we need to sort ourselves out here, man. Uh, Get to the to the streets. Hip hop street or something. <laughs> hip to the beat of the hip hop street. Hip, hip, hip to uh, the millionaire white guy. Living um, Right, so I, I, that's track two. So we move on to track three, uh, which is contact. Um, c- can I go first on this one? I want to. I want to talk about this. Um, can you fuck me? All right, sorry, mate. You crack on. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I'm just a presenter. I'm no matter. <laughs> uh, I this this is my favorite song on the album. Uh, this is this is my favorite. So I don't know how you both felt about it. So that's why I. Just thought I'd jump in there and just just kind of it, it to me it's very much like it's like you know we talked about Roger Studsell album. This would absolutely be like on Roger Studsell album. It just sounds like it, it could have probably sat on Strange Frontier pretty easily, to be honest. Yep. I've actually um, got a point, actually similar to what you're saying, but obviously mm-hmm. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there. No, no, you're all good. Uh um I, I, I like the I like the, the dynamics of this song. It's fairly stripped back. It's fairly simple, like a lot of Roger stuff is. You know, it's it's just not. There's not a lot going on. Um, but I love the you know the the feeling strange. You know all this kind of stuff and these voices mm. and you know, doing this kind of stuff and you know back to that kind of almost like he's holding it back. The gruffness is away and he's just it's not going full settle or anything. He's just he's thinning yeah. out his voice. Like almost whisper. Almost kind of. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Um and uh, even the even when I get back because into the you know I, I, you know I contact you you contact me and the wee question answer with the the saxophone is really cool I think it's really mm. it's really kind of like it's, it's 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 really it's really cheesy but I just like it it just it just mm-hmm. works for me mm-hmm. and I think this is the, you know I was talking about the start this is an example of yeah it's it's eighties fantastic but it. To me, I still like the way it sounds and the vibe mm. of it and everything yep, about aye. it, kind of thing, yep. you know. Um, but uh, I had more points about this, and I've totally lost my notes, so I'm going to let you guys jump. Jojo, what you jump in then with the point you were going to make? Because I've well, I figured out my shit here. <laughs> I um, this song's one of the uh, it's one of the best songs on it. Yeah, definitely for me as well. Um, the bit, the thing I was going to say, excuse me, <clears throat> was um. There's actually a part in this where it breaks down and it's the don't speak, um, sorry, it's the don't speak, don't break the spell part. I let's uh, dance, you dance yeah, so yeah. well and all that. And, yeah. and, and yeah. it's almost identical to the bit in um, Laugh or Cry where he, where he breaks down and he sings, um, uh, don't hide your emotions. It's, it's almost exactly the same. Very similar. Uh, it's like it's almost it's almost like the same song. It's just like, he's just singing different lyrics, same melody. Even the way that yeah. the, the music drops away and it's just the, the the keyboard on its own, it's almost identical. Um, so when you were saying about the Strange Frontier, I was the opposite. I was like, I can actually hear. It's like a hybrid. It's like the the verses are more like Strange Frontier, but this part is total. Oh, the, 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 bit, the, can I, the wee bit before the, the chorus. Ah, yeah, it's total yeah. fun in space, yeah. man. Um, there's a kind of Bowie vibe to the, the verses <laughs> this as well. Uh, I, I found my notes and that's exactly what I've got in there. It's like 80s Bowie. 
Aye, uh, 80s Bowie. Uh, and we know that Roger's obviously in into Bowie and that, because uh, yeah, you know, he, he can hear it in his, his other solo works. Um, it's got a kind of... I like the riff, actually, see that they made it. That uh, part. But it's 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 pure 80s as fuck, man. It's like it's like <laughs> it's all it's almost like it's the riff is almost a rip-off of, and I'm pretty sure it is intentionally ripped it off because it's too close. See in uh, Beverly Hills Cop, obviously that's longer, but see the it's pretty much that with a different tail on it, only he's playing it in a guitar as opposed to a synthesizer. So right away, as soon as I hear that, I mean, that reminds me of Beverly Hills Cop. I can't remember the the, the song from or the piece of music. I know the it one is, you're but, talking about. You know about I. But um, I mean, it's it's got a good kind of it's got a good fun vibe, man. I like it, and I, I agree with you. I think I, I love the verses and stuff like that. It's just kind of get this kind of it's like a spy. I can imagine like a kind of spy, 80 uh, spy movie or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the guys creeping about with a trench coat, or you know what I mean, with the shades trying to do some shit. Behind the scenes, um, I, I I really like this song, and it is dated sounding. But it, like you said before, it, there's nothing wrong with something sounding like it came from a certain period in time, yeah, as long as long as long as the sounds are still cool, mm-hmm. and you know the, the the song for the most part is yeah. a good song, and this is for me. So yeah, good Absolutely. song. Good yep, yeah, uh, I I agree with you, David. This is the best song in the album. Um, for uh, definitely for me, um, and he's have covered all the uh, all the stuff really. Uh, you can definitely hear this on Strange Frontier, um, and and you made a good point, Joe, about Fun in Space. It could be on there as well, um, uh, <laughs> and and you know, it, I wonder if he was sitting and he was going, I wonder how how can I make this more eighties, and he's you know he's like I know slap bass. And a saxophone. Aye, aye. You know, because <laughs> I don't know. I, I know John played in this album, but he's uncredited. So I don't aye. know if John's doing the slap bass or it's just Can't. Roger himself. Well, well, or maybe the, the one of the guys to the cross. See um, the see the bit at the end, because it's it's really the bit at the end you really it really can drink yeah, up in the mix yeah. and it's really but the tone is fucking great, man. It's, it really, is, it's a cool. really thick, I, I, dirty tone. I'm you not know, a and, fan of slap bass, but it is pretty cool. Man. And which I, made me think, I, the I don't think really it's good. John. I, 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 I just, it's got a, I cla- get, a, a clattier sound. I, I, it's I, not the kind of tone I would expect John to dial in, to be honest. And I, even the playing is maybe a bit unusual for him. So yeah. it probably was uh, the noon dude. I forgot his yeah. first name, sorry. Yeah, for, I definitely for me, the, be, the best thing on it. Um, and considering what the next track is, is, you know, saying something. But mm-hmm. there you are. Cool. Um, so, all right. So track four is Heaven for Everyone. And this will be the one that, you know, if people are not familiar with this album, they'll recognise the title and they'll, they'll recognise the, you know, the certainly the, the singing on it. Um, obviously, there's two versions of this. Um, so this one is where Freddie came in and did vocals on, on this one. I think he was helping Roger out with you know, some of the writing for the song and maybe, you know, some of the phrasing and things like that and ended up just putting putting his vocals down. But, of course, in the US, they got the version with Roger singing on it. And I think, I believe, the single for the song, both in UK and US, was Roger's vocals, I think, um, anyway. So the only way to hear the Freddie version was actually on the UK or the European album. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not completely, um, uh, you know, 100% on that, but I believe that's the case. Um 
So having for everyone, um, I'll pro- I'll come over to you, back to you, Paul. Then you want to kick us off with this one? Well, that, I mean that this is a this this is a great song. It's uh, it, it's kind of beautiful in its own way. Um, lyrics are a wee, you know a wee bit naive and all that, but um, you know I I you know I I guess if if they're sung with sincerity, then it doesn't matter. And Freddie sings it beautifully. Um. Yeah, and and I do like the, you know the the sample at the start of the relaxation tape. I think that's really cool. Actually, that's uh, that's a very good use of <laughs> sampling something, you know, and it fits in with the song and gets you into the mood. You know, it's a, you know, this is like an ambient kind of thing. You know, um, so apparently that was the bass player that Peter Noon did that that speaks. They did that. That's, uh, they called yeah. the called uh-huh. the Queen, uh, uh, Ultimate Queen. Um, I yeah, thought it, I, I thought maybe he just grabbed a, a tape, uh, so a tape it's, off the shelf somewhere. And just yeah, well, it's him. So yeah, it's very it's very well done, and it's a, it's a nice way to take you into the song and all that. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, the Freddie version's great, and the Roger version's great. Um, and you want to talk about the two versions just now? Or ah, what? no, go for it. Yeah. You know, Paul, I just mentioned both of you. I. I can't choose between the two of them. But what I would say is if there was a version where Roger sang the verses and Freddie did the chorus, that would, might for me, be the best version. Because I think Roger hasn't got the, the range or the power or something. I don't know. There's something missing in the chorus when Roger sings it, for me. Yeah. Freddie's like soaring. He's, he's away up here, you know. Uh, so maybe a, some sort of hybrid. I, I know they, 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 both of them sing on both versions. If you know what I mean, they back each other up and all that. But but uh, I maybe maybe a hybrid of the two um, would would work. Um, oh, somebody up the, out there could do a. Oh, okay, be fairly easy. Next version. Be fairly easy. Cutting and pasting, basically. You know, uh, fairly easy to put together. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, it's a great song, uh, and. Uh, yeah, and and those the two versions I've spoken about are, are much better than the version on Made in Heaven. Why, well, definitely. Yeah, um, by by a mile. Um, yeah, Mister Joe. Uh, I, I'm kind of in the fence with a song and like every version of it. Um, I think it does come down to the lyrics for a song. Again, we kind of spoke about it in the, the Maiden Heaven thing. I, 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 maybe it's just I'm in, intrinsically I'm a miserable bastard at heart. <laughs> but it's just like the lyrics really, they definitely put a boot into this, the quality of the song for me personally. I love the melody. Uh, I, I love the, the vocal performance from Roger and Freddie. I think they're both fantastic on it, um, on their respective versions. I, I just because for ages it's been bugging me. I'm like, I should like this more. Why don't I like this more? And it is because of the lyrics. They're just too wishy washy, and let's all hold hands and you know walk into the sun. And nah, fuck that, man. <laughs> but um, but like uh, I said in one of the other pods, I can't remember what one it was, but I said that Freddie. I prefer the Roger version. I don't. I prefer the Freddie version. I think the Freddie version's amazing, man. Um, well, the vocals are amazing, and for me, the best part in this song's the 
and dignity part where Fred, like Freddie's just like that that middle eight section, man, that like gives you the pure hair up the back of the neck, yeah. like uh, like the Roger, like you said, Paul Roger. I sent the Roger version, and Roger's like trying, but Roger just yeah, he's not Freddie Mercury. It's not, it's not for his voice, really. No, it's it's not it's not. He's a totally different singer. Roger's obviously an amazing straight up rock and roll singer, but Freddie's a great singer. Everything, <laughs> hmm. uh, and just has that that diamond splitting uh, range that you can just cut right through and lift a song up. Um, it is a hundred times better. Both his version and Freddie's version are infinitely better than the Maiden Heaven one because that's terrible. Instrumentation is not very good in that at all. Um, I don't like the meditation tape <laughs> at all. Actually, I still I hate it. I don't hate it. I just think it's a bit kind of. For me, it's a bit pointless. I don't like it, but that's just me. Again, what would I want somebody to chill me out for and make me feel relaxed? I know. <laughs> why, <laughs> why, why would you want to be at peace with yourself? Exactly. When I can just <laughs> go through life with hate in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's not true. Uh, cool. uh, um, but uh, I, I don't really have that much more to say about it. Um, I mean, I do. I, I like the song, but my lyrics just they just turn the screw in me that I don't like for that and it takes a bit of a dip for that reason so watch this space um, on the new Man Must Die album it's got a song <laughs> called Carnage for Everyone <laughs> no doubt aye <laughs> uh, uh, aye a lot of good points made there by you both I'm, I'm kind of the same as you about the meditation but I could take it or leave it it doesn't heighten it it doesn't ruin it it's just it's just there kind of thing um uh one thing that's really noticeable but is it was the bit that you mentioned joe about uh you know what people do to other souls they take yep. their life destroy their goals that but you know when it really goes for it after yeah, the amazing almost like mid late section or whatever you want to call it yep. um you really hear it so much better on this version than you do in made in heaven you really it really pierces through you really yeah. Totally. You're gone, my God. I mean, it's it, fairness, it sounds great on the Made in Heaven version because it's Fred. It's and the same that, vocal track. It's the same, it's vocal, the same track, vocal track, but seeing this this version. And I think bec- I like this a lot better because I, for me, a lot of the sappiness that you feel on the Made in Heaven version is, is not here. Yeah. Instrumentation-wise and everything. It's a lot starker on this. It is, that, it's pretty yeah. much just a drum and Freddie and just really mm. subtle guitars in the yeah. background. And the guitars yeah. are so much more tasteful than what Brian May does on Made in Heaven. Oh, aye. You know, Absolutely. Really Absolutely. subtle wee things going on here and there. And even the wee solo bit, he solos better than what's, what Brian does on uh, Made in Heaven is, as well. Yep. So, Could I agree more? Yep. Um, so, yeah, this version is far superior to, to the mm. one on uh, Made in Heaven. Um, and that's not just to be... <laughs> to be hipsterish or whatever you want to call it about it it's just the truth mm, and um definitely you know um but yeah this version's better the roger version i do really really like but uh, you know i did prefer the the freddy version um all along kind of thing but it's uh but i like that idea of what paul said I, I, I you know that would probably be quite a quite a you know quite a good a contrast contrast uh, yeah you know but keep but keep freddy doing the middle eight part as well. I keep that exactly at the end because I think that might be maybe because I, I think uh, I, I think the way Roger sings it, the yeah. verses, mm-hmm. it, it keeps a kind of low key element to the song. You know, it's just that it's and a Freddie ramps it up. It's yeah, a nice uh, relaxing thing, and then and then just I Freddie. There's a few lines that 
obviously Roger takes and you know in the background and you know he's, he's kind of you know do, do you know what's beautiful in it? he's doubling up do you know what's um, beautiful in it? and it's a, I think it's an obvious it's a bit where Roger's just in the background going this could be ah uh, yep yep that is cool yeah. that is fucking beautiful that's really lovely that's why that's probably my favorite bit of the song you know just coming back to the lyrics uh, Joe you were mentioning about the you know the sappy lyrics and we touched up on that and uh, you know the Made in Heaven pod as well but to me, the, the verse lyrics are actually the okay. last verse lyrics are okay. It's a, it's a chorus Aye, lyrics. I again, like... we talked about that, and they, you know, too much love will kill you as well. You know, but yeah, yeah, it's because, yeah. like, you know, I mean, just to read them out, you know, it's the first verse in these days of cool reflection, you come to me and everything seems all right. In these days of cold affections, you sit by me and everything's fine. So it's just that kind of comforting thing, you it know, is, having something. As the chorus, definitely. To me, how do you get for there to this could be having for? Because the chorus, this could be having for everyone. This world could be fed. This world could be. How are you getting from, you know, almost home comforts to? Yeah, the world could like, be fed. It, it, it seems like two different songs. Introspective, yeah. it's like the verses are like introspective. Yeah, and, and just and, I, I just just very basic and having just the, the most basic, you know, you know, warmth and you know, love, you know, beside you and with you. And, and I get it, obviously, it's all about feeling, you know, that love and all that. But it just jumps to me from uh, that into, I, you know, this world could be fair. This world, it, doesn't, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't marry up to me. I you agree, know, um, I agree. You know, and, and you know, sure and this world them. of cool deception, you're, just your smile can smooth my ride, <laughs> these troubled days of cruel rejection. You come to Aye. me, soothe my troubled mind. So it's, it's more like, about a relationship it's like, with someone. Relationships and, you know, and then the chorus is completely disconnected. Aye, so it's, it's aye. Maybe that's yeah. maybe that's actually subconsciously partly why I don't like it as well because no, the, just, it doesn't seem to be a, a a narrative that makes sense when it goes into the chorus. If you like, aye. yeah, I just aye, aye. Anyway, so it did, to me, it doesn't really really sit that well analytically. But um, okay, but that's uh, that's uh, heaven for everyone. Then we move on to track five, which is stand up for love. Right, stand up for love. So this is the one that stands up, starts off with clap your hands and let's groove. Oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> again, Roger Hickney's cool on what he is. You know, fucking clap your hands and let's groove. <laughs> fucking sit down, man. Fuck <laughs> sit, sit down, mate. <laughs> Don't tell me how to enjoy myself. <laughs> <laughs> fucking gold. I sit here arms and judge you, mate. <laughs> but that, but that's why. I mean, this this song is it's like that yuppie soul. That you got a lot of in the 80s. Um, I mean, basically, the Style Council wanting a song back, Roger. That's this aye, is like aye. the Style Council, you know, even the walls come tumbling down, it's very much almost the same, you know, I with hate the, the Style Council, man. Aye, well, there you are. I just, so, I don't like Paul Weller, if I'm honest. Well, the jam, I've got some decent tunes, but he's a arse piece. Looks like an old woman now, doesn't he? He does look like oh, an old woman. Oh, no, he looks like your oh, Doc Cotton. He looks like Doc Cotton at EastEnders, mind, mind <laughs> up. Aye. Um, so that's, I, I, I mean, I, it's not a terrible song or anything, but it's just, it's an example. You know, that, that you know, we talked about it on The Miracle, and this is obviously roughly the same period. We talked about it was the first time you started hearing Queen kind of sounding a bit too much like other things in certain Aye. tracks yeah and for totally. me this is the same and i know i know we talked about on fun in space there's tons of influence various influences on ton, fun in space but they've been woven in the correct way they've been kind of you know it's more influence rather than it just feels like this is it just sounds like something else. it just 
oh, that's a that's whole style and a vibe. I'm just going to take that and make a song like that. Yeah, and, totally, and man. So totally. I, that doesn't. It's not that that's wrong to do. You know, he's not he's not ripped off anything melodically or you know anything that I can hear. But it it it's just not that interesting to me. So this is as as well as it's been put together. I mean, it's like you know the hard section sounds pretty, you know, fairly good, you know, and all the rest of it. But just um. I, I don't know. It just just doesn't do a lot for me. I'm sorry. I don't really have much more to say on it. So, uh, Joe, you ain't done. As I'm exactly the same. It's like it came on, and you know, every time I listen to this album, this was one of the ones that came on. It felt like a bit of a chore to listen to it. Mm. And obviously, you giving the style council comparison totally makes sense because I despise them. So that would make wilds come tumbling down. <laughs> Fucking hate that guy, man. Anyway. Um, but nah, this I mean, but I don't I don't hate this. Like, do you know what no, I mean? Because no. again, Roger's voice, I've wrote here, Roger's voice is excellent. <laughs> so yeah. his voice sings it very, very well. Um I've also wrote here, it kind of reminds me of like a like a pound shop uh, blues brothers tune, like yeah. you in the blues brothers or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, you can picture you know like the bit where in the blues brothers where Ray Charles is playing the piano and everybody's dancing out in the street. Aye. It's kind it's of like I get a stacks vibe or something. Aye, like that, totally. Aye. Aye. It's kind of get that sort of vibe, only obviously we know nowhere near as much class. And obviously this is a white dude doing it. And it's just no, it's just no pulling it off quite the same. <laughs> um but nah, it's okay. I have I've wrote here it's harmless, but I really couldn't care if I heard this song ever again, really. Yeah. I'm honest. Yeah. It seems yeah. a bit and this, I think seem even like when you get to it, it's, that's track five, isn't it? it, it I mean, okay, you could, you could admire Roger for, for pretty much the diversity I've heard on this album up to that Aye. point. You know, you could say, oh, do you know what, tip my hat to you, because there is a lot of styles, you know, uh, going on. But it, it does seem to, this particular one does seem to just really punch right out. I know that like, you're saying the songs are all kind of different, but they all still have a bit of Roger on them, whereas this song doesn't really have a Roger style uh, for me. Like I say, I, I think that's what it's it is. Derivative, you know, it's just too derivative. Exactly. Nah, I think that's exactly what it is. You know, I, I just want to hear more of Roger. Aye, you know? totally. And not the fucking style council. Aye. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a poor attempt at the kind of blue-eyed soul stuff that yeah. was a, yeah that was about in the 80s um it's not much to say about it it is what it is it's not terrible but it's nah whatever Hugh and Cry also they were another Hugh and Cry uh, utter shit man <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> thought I'd have I did get some more bands <laughs> well, <we're... laughs> uh, all right then we, we move on to in fact, see before we move on, right? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pause things a wee bit because we've got two more tracks, three more tracks, one, three, no. three more, right? Three more tracks to talk about. Um, but before we jump into the last three tracks, I'm gonna play you something. And this is a clip of Roger speaking. He's speaking about the cross, and I want to just get your thoughts on it and yeah, just see what you think about it. Um, I think maybe I've heard it before, but if you if you listen to it, you know it's about a minute long, and if you listen to this, and then we'll we'll get a wee a wee chat and get your thoughts on it. I had like an interview with Brian a couple of weeks ago when he was on the road, and he said that you have made a complete mistake with the cross. You would you would have done it completely different because you had like four guys from the street. Yeah. And then if you were if if he was in your position as he's doing it now, you would have picked up the best and well-known musicians to go on the road. Yes, but there was a different idea, you see, completely different idea. 
I didn't want to pick up musicians who'd been in a hundred bands. I wanted something fresh. Uh, I'm not making any comment about Brian's band. And also, Brian launched his thing at a time when uh, Freddie died. So I would say there's no comparison at all. There is, you know, there's no parallel. And um, I don't really think I want to hear any comments that Brian has to make. Yes. <laughs> I understand these comments. Uh, it seems like uh, there is no chance for any... any Shame he didn't tell me then, actually. <laughs> If he's the fucking expert. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a clip there. Uh, you know, you've heard it. So that was Brian saying that Roger with a cross missed, missed, uh, made a mistake and he should have got named musicians to join the band and tour with them and, and be part of the cross rather than these young hmm. you know young people you know obviously spite any excluded because he was about the same as roger probably hmm. um but yeah so i wanted to put it to i'll, I'll come to you joe first um what do you think about that what do you think about brian's comments and i think that it sounded like the interview i was trying to get something tasty there and yeah I... and then you know trying to but ah good on him i quite like that shit <laughs> i mean um <laughs> It's a couple of ways you could look at it, right? If, if it, you know, from a friend's point of view, I, I maybe Brian's heard, maybe you, obviously I'm speculating here because I, I don't know the, the backstory, but maybe Brian had heard some of this stuff and, and thought it was really, really good. And maybe he thought by getting more high profile guys in his band, it would actually help put Roger more in the limelight, if you like, and, and maybe expose, expose these songs to more people. Um, and if that's the case, I don't think that's a necessarily a bad, it's not a bad thing if that was his intention. And to be honest, I can only see that as being the only real thing that Brian, well, for me, that I can see Brian try to be positive maybe in a way. And it's maybe just came across a bit arsey by the way the guys kind of put it across. Put it yeah. across, aye. Um, Aye, I mean, you can tell Roger's obviously not very happy with it, with the, you know, by back, you know, by basically backhanding uh, Brian by saying basically, you know, you released your solo record basically when Freddie died, so what the fuck? You don't really have a, an opinion to to comment on anything I'm doing. So there was all, maybe there was, well, it seems like there was a division for a couple of years there between the two of them. Mm. Um, so I mean, there you go. But I mean, it depends how you want to take it. I don't really take it as being a dick thing that Brian's trying to say. I think he's maybe maybe try to, in his way, say that the songs were good and he would have got more exposure getting, basically what I said, higher profile people to be involved with it. But that's just what I think. Yeah, yeah. So, Paul, do you think it would have worked with, you know, the cross being... You Neil know, Murray and Cozy Pill? Aye, that, that kind of style, you know, these, you know, journeyman musicians that, you know, had been around the, mm. the bend. Uh, too well. Cozy Pills too strong a character for most bands. Um, I I can't really think of any other musicians around at the time that could have fitted with Roger. Really? Um, no. Um, and, and fair fair play to Roger. Um, because I because I, I I was reading earlier that he, he put an advert in you know, the trade magazines looking for musicians mm -hmm. and they hardly get any replies. And then he, he had to put another one in saying... I'm Roger if you, Taylor. <laughs> no, if you if you want to be a star, phone this number or something like that. He, he, had, to jazz, get, right. he had to jazz it up to actually get folk, you know, to send in tapes or whatever. 
Um, and they, you know, from then they got the, the the guys who were eventually in the band. But um, I, th- there's something kind of noble about that as aye, well. Totally, you know? aye, totally. Um, he doesn't want some jaded asshole, basically. And, you know, but but, but uh, again, you could be cynical about that. You know, well, he doesn't want to share money with you know well, there is that. musicians. You know, you can just pay these guys a, a rate. You know, let let's let's just say let's just say that we're glad, right? That Brian and Roger were able to put their differences aside so that they could make fat stacks from '95 onwards. Yeah, let's just say that. But we're, we're just glad about that. By selling yeah. the rights, selling the rights to fucking like shampoo commercials and stuff for us all. It's just yeah. bitch, it's just bitchiness in bands, and that that happens in every band. You know, they they, they just become bitches. You know. Um, Aye. You know, Snyder remarks about each other, and it's always, but uh, it's always around solo stuff as well. It's like, ah, uh, your stuff's shit, you know. Um, fucking Brian May has absolutely yeah. no weight in that fucking conversation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, it, it, and it's just a, a muckraking journalist, and uh, that's fine because that's what it's all about. And we like a bit of, bit of drama, but uh, you know, nobody's died or you know, and, you know, it's it's all irrelevant in the, the grand scheme of things, but. It's, it's an interesting wee thing, and 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 I, I, I've seen another clip where he, uh, Roger makes the same point about uh, Brian and, and his solo album and the timing of it. Um, uh, so it's obviously been a thing for Roger. It's just like this guy shouldn't have done Should've that. Aye, you know, it, it looks too much like a cash in. Aye, um, and whatever you know. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> well, the reason I was asking you both was more from the point of view, uh, more explicitly was, you know, did Roger do the right thing, getting no-name guys versus getting getting uh, kind of name stars rather than this, you know, the friction between the two of them necessarily. But but I get that was always going to come up as the tone of the, the the chat there, you know. I mean, uh, uh, we were talking before we come on air about Mad, Bad, and Dangerous to Know, the mm-hmm. next album. And, and the guys and, wrote on it and it's and, good. Yeah, and how good record. it is. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe that proves the point that maybe Roger did do the right thing. because and, and Andy was obviously willing to let these guys put music on the record. It's not like yeah. he was like yeah. he, he was being yeah. like a dictator. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that was another point I was going to say. It was, you know, there's two ways you could look at a guy has a guy has stature looking at nobody's. One could be he wants somebody that won't give him any any resistance, and he just wants somebody that will shut their yeah. mouth and do what they tell do what they tell tell them. Sorry, but obviously, it, you know, the next record shows that that wasn't the case because mm-hmm. he let a lot a lot of the writing go to guys that were in his band who came yeah. from nowhere basically. Mm-hmm. So to me, for, the vibe I get is Roger was basically just probably sick of industry people and just wanted some fresh perspective, fresh guys with like a. A hunger yeah. again to, to to write music rather than some jaded arsehole that's been in the business and you know he wants a Learjet to go to fucking rehearsal or whatever. Do you know what I mean? He just yeah. wants somebody to write with. And ultimately, I think it paid off because I know we're not talking about the next record yet, but I I think that's a a better record than this one. I'm not but obviously we'll, we'll speak about it when it comes round to the doing a pod on it. But no, that's sorry, that's a long way of saying I think he made a good decision. Yeah, but I, I've got to agree. I think. Um... Um, often these things don't really work anyway. These kind of super group things, and I know 
probably Brian wasn't necessarily suggesting that it, it would be a super group or anything like that, but you know, maybe maybe musicians that are at least names you recognize kind of thing. But um, but no, I agree. And I think Roger said that himself. He said Roger had said that um uh, it's like starting again, you know, because you're starting Aye. a brand new band. It's new like blood. You know, build, building up your you know your fan base. Yeah, because that's what they did. Yeah. They they toured the toilets uh the UK and you know Europe. Cool, but no, I thought I'd uh, just play that and just get your kind of perspective on. Aye, it was inevitable. We're going to talk about the tone and the obviously the always clear friction between Roger <laughs> and Brian at that time. So that clip was from 1993, and um, it was actually it was actually Owen uh, Owen Ling on uh, Twitter that shared that um, with his you know that interview. I think it's about six minutes long or something. The clip on YouTube. So Roger Taylor interview in 1993. It's quite interesting because he talks about him and John getting the material together for would have been the Made in Heaven album and the fact that Brian wasn't involved in that at that point in time and you know they were going to just forge on and complete it without him with or without him kind of thing as Roger says um, but that would have probably been a far better um, endeavour well apparently um, couldn't make it, worse? it goes uh, it, this isn't mentioned in the interview right enough but well it couldn't have been because it was later on but um, supposedly Brian came in and heard what Roger and John had done and kind of insisted that they almost start again as well so I think um, anyway if that's to be believed that's maybe why it's drowning in those kind of guitars, guitars that we talked yeah, about you know guitars, so, and, uh, you know overdone so mm-hmm. but anyway um, but anyway suppose we get about get back to the cross and finish things up here but no cheers for that lads just wanted to get your get your thoughts on the, the controversy man Controversy. Controversy. So, crack on, let's get back to the cross. Um, the next track, track six, is Love on a Tightrope, in brackets, like an animal. Um, <laughs> and, uh, aye, let's, uh, let's uh, delve into this one. <laughs> I don't know why that came into my head. I was just about to say, fuck like a beast. Wasp. <laughs> animal, fuck like a beast. Well, that's uh, the best album cover ever, man. The cod piece with the saw blade on it. That's right. Man. Aye. Loving a tightrope, Paul. Go for it. Loving a tightrope, man. You need to be careful. You need to keep the balance. Mm. Um, I've I've not got a lot of notes here. Just that it's a it's a good song, and Roger sings his ass off on it. Is I, I, I think his voice is. You know, time, bro. <laughs> he's he's got the got the real thing going uh, on this one. Um, uh, uh, it's good. He, he sings it very well. Uh, and uh, yeah, good track, man. Good track. That's all I've got, really. Um, Mister Joe, what Joe's got screeds of notes here. Uh, you, this one. you need to rescue me here, mate. Aye, man, half the Amazon's been wiped out with the amount of paper I've used here. For this <laughs> Toilet paper. Aye, I've moved on to toilet paper, wallpaper and stuff like that, man. <laughs> uh, this song's okay. I've wrote, I mean, it's uh, it's just 80s as fuck. Um, but maybe, in a, maybe not in the good way. <laughs> um, I wrote here that the, synthes- the synthesizers at the start are, are shite, man. They're pretty bad. Again, don't like the sounds. Um I can't really say much else about it. Again, Roger's voice is really, really good on it. I obviously I caught that myself. Um, but other than that, it just kind of passes me by. 
Um, but it's not offensive, do you know what I mean? It's, de- it's definitely better than Stand Up For Love. I'll give it that. Yeah. Definitely. Um, what I like about this, and it's it's repetition right enough, is the the use of all the same sounds as Radio Gaga. Aye. Yeah, yeah, all the aye. same, same presets, not the yeah, things yeah, going yeah, on. That's right. It's got the same the wee piercing things that it's in the middle section. Yeah, of yeah. Uh, Radio Gaga stuff. But I, I it's that you maybe argue it's pointless doing all that again. You know, <laughs> you've, you've already done that, so why do it again? But I quite like to hear that kind of familiarity again. Nah, I'd rather that hear again. that than shoehorned bloody bits for songs. You know, I mean, okay, repeat yourself a wee bit, but at least Aye. it's new. <laughs> New-ish kind of thing. But no, I really like that. I really like the kind of, you know, because I really like the synth sounds on Gaga, you know, and um, to hear them again, again, you know, is, is, is cool to hear. But I, I, I'm the same. I don't really have, have much um, much to talk about on this. I, you know, it's one of those ones that's kind of like, ah, okay, you know, it just kind of passes you by a wee bit, to be fair. Um, but yeah, let's let's crack on to track seven. That's probably not much much more that I want to say about it. Um, so I suppose we move on to a track that's maybe got a bit of interest because Brian Brian May plays on this one, plays guitar on this one. So this one is "Love Lies Bleeding." Brackets. She was a wicked, wily waitress. <laughs> Jeez. Aye. Do you want uh, to come in here? Right, you, want to, you want to start things off? Yeah, might, might as well. Aye, the title's tragic. I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> Aye, that, that's terrible, man. That's tragic. Um, but I have to say, man, this is one of my favourite songs in this record. It's <laughs> a good song, man. Aye, it's really good. It's actually a really good song, and it's witty. The lyrics are are really funny. I like the story it tells. They're basically, <laughs> she, it's getting she fucked over. Buggers and fries. Aye, aye, that next thing they're doing a bank job, and you know he's getting fu- fucked over. He's he's getting the jail, and she's away with all the money and stuff. <laughs> I, I like it. Uh, I like it. It's, it's witty. It's a um, again. There's a definite hip hop vibe in this song um, mm. with the vocal delivery. You know the, yeah, the yeah. and the storytelling. So maybe that was another little hangover for the hip hop thing. He's telling a little story. You know what I mean? And obviously, early hip hop was very much storytelling. Yeah. Um, but uh, before all the bling bling shit happened. Um, but uh, what else? Uh, Brian's guitar solo was really really good on it. And mm. I was saying to you guys before we came on the pod, when I listened to it, I didn't know it was Brian. But obviously, when I heard it. I knew it was Brian. I was like, yeah, you can that's just Brian. Nah. But, but I will say, his tone's different. So I don't know if he's necessarily, I, I can tell it's Brian because it's just his style of playing. You know what I mean? The way he bends and, you know, it's just Brian to the core. But I don't know if it's maybe because there's wow on it that it's confusing me about the tone of his guitar. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think he might not have used his guitar, his own guitar. To actually yeah, I think, it, I think he maybe played through Roger's gear. Yeah, uh, definitely. His own stuff. Gonna be one of the ones he just jumped aye. in the studio. Aye, just, off. Aye. 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 Fine, you know. Aye. Uh, yeah. I think I'm, Roger was using Telecasters at the time, so aye. he maybe just picked up a Telecaster and just. Uh, well, aye. absolutely. I but that just goes to show how 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 amazing that guy is a guitar player. I can tell it's him, even if he's not oh, playing aye. his own guitar. Your, tone, your tones and your fingers on it. Aye, and and the way he structures the solo. But anyway, the solo is great. I love it, and I love the outro solo as well. Fantastic. 
Um, it's getting the wah. It sounds like it sounds like he's not rocking the wah. It sounds like there's just a wah yeah. effect. Just cop sweeping, uh, sweeping over the like just like an automatic wah. Just ah yeah, like an automatic wah. Maybe a rack effect. Aye, like, exactly. Yeah, it's like aye, it's like he's not. It doesn't sound like he's like rocking it. If you know, that what could I mean. have been an after effect. Aye, aye like aye, Brian, aye. Brian left or maybe stuck something on top. Aye, aye, aye. exactly. Aye. Um, I've said I noticed as well that, that the vocal delivery in this song's very seventies, Roger. It's really high. And powerful, um, mm-hmm. reminded me a lot of like I'm in love with my car or something like that. Just the the, the vocal because a lot of the time he's singing like duh, 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 he's down here, but in this song is like yeah, he's like properly in the seventies. He's singing really, really high and powerful. His vocals are fantastic in this song. Um, I I just think this is, this is a cracking song. I could have heard this, obviously. You know, the verses are kind of rappy and stuff, so maybe maybe not so much that, but but everything else in it. And the, and the kind of structure of the song. I could have heard Queen do this. Mm-hmm. I could, mm-hmm. I, I, to me, this would have made sense as a Queen yep. song. Um, and you never know, maybe maybe it was. It was maybe brought to the guys and it maybe just didn't make the cut or whatever. But I, I, I can have a Queen. I could see this being put forward anyway. But yeah, I don't really have that much else to say. But I, 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 this is probably, this might be my favourite song on it. This in Contact are definitely the two standouts in this album for me. Well, do you know, I was thinking something, man, which would have been really, really cool, is if they put that, this song, and contact on Made in Heaven just exactly as they are. Aye, totally, aye. Aye, aye. I'd have been on that, that wishy-washy shit, we'd have just been blown out the water. Like, aye. Aye. A few sentimental moments, but man, this doesn't make any sense. Like, not that the album makes any sense anyway, but this is gold, the fact these two tracks... I, <laughs> I like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, you talked about actually just going back to contact and like you, you know even this this song. Um, I would like to hear Freddie sing both of them. I totally, I mm-hmm. you know because even the way Roger softens his voice on contact, I think Freddie's great at that as well. And ugh, I know I'm going all over the place now, but even in Heaven for Everyone, the way Freddie sings all his verses, then to get way up to that, you know, we talked about that before, and the way it, it can come off. Really high and great, and just came right off. Smooth, and baby's bum. he's a master, man. I mean, that, that I mean, we've said that about a billion times, but we'll say it, we'll say it one more time. That's aye. that's why he is the best because he can go from absolute rock god to like the most like like uh, vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah and, and, and it's and it's so he's so good at everything that he does. You know what I mean? That's it. Like, yeah. Anyway, we're sorry. We're seeing it on our deathbed, man. See that bit when Freddy does. <laughs> <laughs> give, give me the bedpan. I need a slash. <laughs> uh, sorry, Paul. You want to jump in here? Um, you boys have covered that uh, pretty well. Uh, I've written here. How come Brian always sounds better than other people's records? I <laughs> totally. <laughs> And he's terrible in his own, man. Aye, I know. What's the script for that? Uh, I think he needs guided, Brian. Stop getting it away. I've not done the Brian. Because <laughs> I, I don't think, it, I, I don't think like any of our listeners would guess what we think about the arms, man. So. <laughs> no, I, I, that would be. Aye. Shocked, I'm sure. Dark, man. Uh, yeah, uh, Brian plays very well in this. Uh, and, uh, you know, as you say, Joe, I, I, it does sound slightly... It's, it's definitely him. It sounds like him, but it, there is slight differences in it and how it sounds. So the tone, yeah. Aye. So I don't think it's the uh, yeah, his own guitar or or even box amps or anything like that. Aye. Just just while we're we're talking about Brian the guitar, rather than just jumping in again with the same kind of point. But one thing that you notice really clearly on it is how low in the mix 
he is. Yeah. You know, the, the, the lead's quite low in the mix compared to, because obviously that's Roger, and it's like, aye, he's aye, like, aye, aye, there you go, down. right, down, man. Aye. But if that was Brian, that would, or a Queen aye. song, I'd have been way up, he would have been spitting, spitting the dummy out. No, nah, I want that right up, because it's really, yeah. and I think that might be something else that's maybe playing on how we hear it as well, you know, because it is much yeah. more in the yeah. mix than you hear a Brian, a Brian lead work, you know. Lead, Brian's lead work be, is usually, uh, usually up there, but... Um, I know, yeah, I do, I do agree good point. The, tone's, the tone's not typical though, I do agree with that. Aye, yeah. Aye, it's a, it's a cool song and, you know, <laughs> the, the lyrics are stupid, but... Should yeah. we do some of the lyrics? Like <laughs> so let's, let's, do, let's do some of the lyrics here. Who, wait, what's more cringy, Stormtrooper and Stilettos or... She was a wicked whaley waitress. Oh, the well, wicked whaley waitress. By <laughs> well, we'll mention stilettos. There you go. That's right here in the lyrics here. Oh, I swear. Stiletto heels and nylon. She moved up to the table. I could see she had me for a burger with my fries on. <laughs> the fuck does that mean, man? <laughs> fuck knows. Some sort of sexual innuendo through food. What the fuck? Unless these lyrics have been typed it wrong. I don't know. But <laughs> And then a bit what Joe was talking about. So we were... Well, we were parked outside a city bank. We found it all real funny. The car was running on full tanks. We oh, stole sure. all the money. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> Fucking terrible. Uh, uh, but, it, but it's, but it's kind of cool. It's, 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 it's cool, delivery makes it. It's his delivery that makes it. Uh, uh, yeah, totally it's the way right. that he sings it that makes it. Because I know like some. I'd still like them. They're kind of shite, but they're kind of funny as well. They kind of remind me of really early iced tea. And like this, the way that has has really early stuff, just like we did this, we did that. Ah, <laughs> yeah, <I> just ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. That um, she took the loot, she took the loot, gave me the boot. Now she's rich and I'm flat bust. There you are, man. See how it is, mate. On the nose. <laughs> love lies, <laughs> love lies I'm bleeding. Nice bleeding. I want you to burn. <laughs> <laughs> You're terrible fucking thing to say to somebody and such a goofy song. Oh, brilliant. I know, I go agree with that. This is like, you know, I think, you know, having for everyone this in contact number three. By far, I would agree. Yeah. If you know what I mean, on us. Um, then we move, move on to their last track, so Rough Justice. And again, this is probably <laughs> <laughs> name for a song, isn't it? Sounds like you should be on a, like a, a thrash Lash metal album. album. <laughs> I know, exactly. Raise, that bad uh, razor. I like, Rough Justice. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll explain the disease, anthrax or something. Aye. Lone Justice. Um, <laughs> aye, Lone Justice, aye. Paul, hit us up with your thoughts on Rough Justice. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool song. Uh, no, get a lot of notes. Uh, um, it's aye, he it, it sings it very well. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I, I, I've drawn a blank in the lyrics. Are the lyrics bad or are they all right? Can't uh, your criminal, yeah, your criminal eyes that see straight through. We criminalize your kind of voodoo. Made me sell so, my soul for yeah. the easy life, sell my mother, trade my wife. Uh, rough justice, all right. Rough justice on the streets tonight. Rough justice, we are the chosen few. You can see why it won an Ivor Novello award. <laughs> if you want to scream, if you want to fight, better take it to the man in the big house in white. <laughs> what? Yeah, man. The, the man in the big house in white. Um, yeah. So uh, obviously, it's a 
it's a, a commentary on the penal system. Yeah, um, I think know, so. Quite, quite a sober commentary as well, by the sounds ah, of things. <laughs> um, you know, got going to jail f- for something you didn't do and all that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's cool. It's uh, and and the, the lyrics are, are daft, but they're kind of cool. They're, they're, they're charming, man. Aye, yeah. definitely. Well, yeah. get us. I'll give you, give you a couple of more lines, and then that, then I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll leave it there. It's a real cruel life when you have to lose it. It's a heavy knife when you have to use it. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually not cool, a bad line. Actually, right, yeah. right. It's not a heavy knife when you have to lose, use it. I know. Uh, it's uh, not a bad disagree. line. Huh? Yeah. I disagree, homeboy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name for a band, heavy knife. Uh, uh, got heavy knife tonight. <laughs> uh, Joe, anything to weigh in here, man? This, like got, this has got a crunchy riff in it. This one, aye, that's another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, right, I can so never well. remember the rhythm of all of them all because they all bleed into one. But aye, aye, the riffs are all pretty much the same. They're, they're, they're all just dead similar, like aye, in, in the way yeah. they're played. They're all palm muted as well. They're all yeah. Aye, Even in Love Lies Bleeding as well, there's that kind of crunchy aye, riff. Aye. But, I like, but, but I like it though. No, I absolutely. It's, it's no. very Roger. It's very Roger. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But anyway, um. I have wrote here, um, it sounds like the end credits to an 80s action movie, man. Uh, <laughs> called Rough Justice. Rough Justice. <laughs> yeah. With Steven Seagal. <laughs> well, Steven Seagal's just come through, kicking folk through fucking windows and shit like that. <laughs> just doing whatever, you know, doing the kind of stuff that Steven Seagal back, does. Back in the day when the title of the movie was was actually sang. Aye, well, either, this is what I mean. At the start aye, or the end, aye. Aye, it'd be rough, the movie would be Rough, rough Justice, Justice. Aye, like you say. Aye. Aye. Totally, man. Um... It's, t- it's actually the, the actual riff, the, the verse riff, pretty tasty, man. The guitar playing is really good in this song. Um, Do you think this was one of the ones that maybe the, the whole band was in, in on? It sounds like it might have been actually to me. Been, maybe I've been the, the new boy playing the guitar and all that. Well, I was going to say that the, 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 it's not, the riff's not the same, but it's got a similar vibe to see the, the riff in more of that jazz. It's like a climbing riff and then a descending riff. It's, it's kind of similar to that. So it may have been Roger, it may have been the guy, who knows? But whatever, whoever's playing it, it's, it's a good riff and it's pretty tastily played. Um, I know like some. They'll get charmed, man. They're just, they're just. Nah, he's, 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 he's obviously written it with his tongue and his cheek. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's the same as he did with fucking Everett on this one. I'd like to think so. Either that, or he definitely needs fucking a psychiatrist to have a look at him. But, <laughs> but, um, but uh, I think that Sonic. This song sounds pretty good, man. Like the drum, the actual drum sounds great in this. Ah, it's, it's kind of reminds me of shove it almost again. It's just got that weight, thick. You know, that sh- you shove it hard. You know, um, aye, absolutely, man. Um, and I, I get that seventies vocal vibe as well off this song. These two last songs, he's like singing mm-hmm. in a high register, like he did more so in the seventies. Um, aye, it's, it's it's a decent rock song, man. It's not going to change the world or anything, but I, I mean, it's definitely it brought a smile to my face. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's what rock music should do. Do you know what I mean? Aye. Absolutely. Well, um, I don't have anything else to add into the mix there. You've covered it all. And that's so that is shove it. There's just uh, eight tracks on it. So it's a fairly short album. And uh, I I think I think for me, just, just looking at it, it's kind of as I said at the start, I think it's if this had been the third Roger Soul album, it would just make a lot more sense to me in, in the way I you didn't think about it and I think even now going forward having done this podcast and having listened to this album a lot more than I would have had I not done this podcast Mm -hmm. I think it just sits in my head as the third Roger Soul album and I think when you realise 
if I'd went back and found out that all the band were involved and it, it would have it would have sat different for me. It would have just sat as a cross album, but I just cannot listen to this as being the cross. It no. just you know not it just yet, doesn't yet. not to the next album. Exactly. It just mm-hmm. doesn't seem to me to be that case. And I don't mean to diminish anything that the guys in the cross did on the album because obviously they were all involved um in some way, you know, even even if it was just small. Mm-hmm. Um but it just seems to me like the third Roger solo album. And if I see and if I experience it like that it just makes a lot more sense in my head and then it does to be a band album, which it just doesn't, I just don't hear that. No, um, no. I don't hear a band on this, to be honest. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's not, not anything, you know, it's not a criticism. And I do, like I do, I think it is, again, I don't know how much I'll go back to this album. I'll be honest, there'll probably be the tracks that I'll maybe pick out. Like, let's say I was just doing a playlist, you know, on Spotify with Roger stuff. I'd make, you know, I'd pick out the, you know, the good ones from this. Aye, aye. It's a cherry, it's a cherry picker, definitely. Absolutely. I would, I would fire the whole of Fun in Space on. Maybe leave a couple out of Strange Frontier and, yeah, pick maybe three or four from this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But Roger's still by far the most prolific and the most all rounded. Best music, no musician, that's not the right word, but to me, so almost songwriter because he's shown it in his solo material. All right, as, as, as silly as some of the songs on this record are, still the silly songs are probably better than anything Brian May's ever put out. So, so there you go, and that's this, that's the, the lesser tracks on it, yeah. So, I think they're no, absolutely, and I think, um, the thing about Roger is just it's <laughs> even when he doesn't get it right. It's never offensively bad. No, it's never. No, never. Well, no. certainly not not his solo solo stuff. Anyway, mm-hmm. certainly he never sounds. Uh, he never sounds. How how I say is I watch how I say. It, he never sounds like completely out of touch. Whereas Brian May really, really, really yeah. does. Yeah, it was yeah. like a dinosaur, like a guy that just doesn't know. Yeah, is living in the past. You know, his solo yeah. record. This is a guy that's always okay. Maybe not always succeed, but he's always pushing. Mm-hmm. He's looking for something fresh. Aye, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Totally. So, I mean, hats off to him. Um, I think um, that's, I mean, talking about, uh, I mean, the, you know, you guys mentioned the, Vis- the Invisible Man at the start of the um, the podcast. And obviously it's not a, a favourite track of ours by any means, but I mean, a lot of the guys that talk on Twitter, you know, go on about the demo, um, the Roger mm. demo of the Invisible Man um, as being the better version. And, you know, it was obviously too cleaned up. And I get what they're saying when you hear it, you know, because I think I think that's what's happening to, you know, it, it probably happens to, you know, a lot of Roger tracks where he brings them in and then, you know, Freddie gets a hold of them and, you know, and the rest of the band do their thing and, and you know, maybe what the vision he once had has been overcooked or, or just taken somewhere else and he's maybe just conceded to the fact, well, I've brought it to the band and it's a Queen song now, so, you know, I've just got to let it go. Um, I'm not See the defending... Invisible Man on this though. Could you know? I could totally hear the Invisible Man aye. on this. Yeah, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and totally. I, I totally. Well, it, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's an argument. It could could have been po- possibly written around about this time anyway. Yeah. Um, so possibly it was maybe even already, you know, considered. I don't know. I don't know. Just a guess. But you know the way. You know, obviously, it brought in a kind of magic, and you know, we all agreed that Freddie. Freddie ruined, ruined it. it, you know, he, he turned yeah. it into this kind of pulse and dance kind of pop song and, you know, before it was a bit more understated, like a lot of the stuff on this is, you, you just hear the drums, like Heaven for Everyone, for example, mm-hmm. just the drums and Freddie's vocals with a couple of wee nice, nice guitar things in the background and that's it, you know, and that's all you need sometimes and I think, absolutely, 
And I think um, it seems seems ridiculous to say that, you know, that Queen are overcooking things. Queen, that's Queen's, that's what Queen do. Nah, that's, that's some reason know, for that's existing what, That's what they do, you know. But yeah. I mean, I think in terms of Roger, I think he wants that stripped down sound most of the time. And I think uh, and it's good to hear the stuff outside Queen, mm-hmm. you know, and to hear that sound. Because some of these songs, I think if they were put forward as Queen songs, yeah, might have lost a bit of their charm and a bit of their vibe, you know. Yeah, um, despite the album being patchy itself, but yeah, um, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but um, having never been, you know, in a multi-million pound selling like band, it's one of the biggest bands of all time. I wouldn't really know, but um, you know, you're going to make your solo album and do your solo stuff. I would want the rest of my bandmates so far away from a fucking album that. Yeah, you know it's possible. So it's I always find it bizarre when you know when these guys do their you know their solo stuff. Um, that you know, hi Roger, can you come in and do this? Hi Freddie, can mm-hmm. you come over and do this? Brian, can you John? Can you happy like all of yous get to fuck? This is mine. Yeah. I want but, peace to to go and do my thing. So it's kind of I find it strange. But you bring up a really really good point there, right? Because obviously you're led to believe that from Hot Space onwards to a degree that Queen were really dysfunctional and they didn't like each other. Well, this tells a completely different story. And their solo records tell a completely different story because if you didn't, John's on this, Freddie's in this, Brian's in this, then you've got Mr. Bad Guy, do you know what I mean? It's got Brian plays on... she blows uh, hot and cold, and Roger's doing Roger bang vocals. vocals. uh, And and John, does John, John plays bass on one of the songs and that as well, does he know? I can't mind me. Anyway, I need to go back and listen to our own pod to find. I <laughs> ask yourself, but what I'm trying to say is like uh, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense then because yeah. these guys are obviously still going to the guys in their band, and it's not for a lack of talent. I mean, they, they could get other guys. Yeah. Or they could do it themselves, but they're, they're obviously still a connection there. They obviously. Oh no, absolutely. I don't think that was in any doubt, you know. But I think um, they were still. I think they were still close. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was it wasn't even. I, I mean, I'm, the point I was making certainly isn't. No, I from, know that was not the point. Uh, yeah, it's not for the point of view that they hated them or didn't want to be with them. But I think I, I would just be like, it's them. almost your chance to exactly just do your own thing and just almost not see the guys you've been touring with and you know in the studio with. You know, you you know that Joe. You know, but you know, being in that situation, you know. But, but, but uh, what I will say is, what I will say is, obviously I'm in my my main band, but I'm in another band as well, and I have the same bass player that's in my mistake and. Uh, and another bad uh, gym. Uh, so, I mean, I get it. I think sometimes it's, you know somebody's good at doing a job, so it's just, just it's just them. easier, uh, yeah. even if they're in the other band. You know what I mean? But I mean, uh, if, you know, if, if I'm no uh, Roger Taylor, I don't have the, I don't have that weight behind my name. But you know, like, so therefore that kind of makes that re- that statement redundant because he could get somebody that could really play a guitar solo from you know from somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? Because I would find it difficult to find a good bass player being. I nobody from Glasgow, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but no, but I think I think the point you make about the, the fact they know what these guys, you know, they know what their, their bandmates can do, they respect what they can do, you know, they, they value what they can do, you know. And, exactly. And, 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 you know, obviously in the case of Freddie and Roger, you know. I think it was actually, was it, you know, the ratty guy. Ah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I might be wrong. Uh, I, 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 I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that I read somewhere recently that he was talking about Brian and he was saying that Brian's a very weird kind of character because he says he's is he's, he's very since he comes across as very caring. He said, but he's got a very nasty side as well. He says, and I can totally see that in him. He's he says he can he can turn really he can go from being really really nice and sweet to being quite 
quite cutting and uh, so and yeah. I can actually see that in him. You can see that almost simmer underneath Brian. There's that yeah, kind of intensity yeah. that he, he I mm. find that he kind of keeps. I think I think that's down. that's possibly you know you know <clears> you know we talked about you know we talked about his songwriting you know through all these podcasts you know and and potentially where his mental health was. I've got a feeling that's maybe something to do with that. That's there's there's, there's stuff going on there that he's having to kind of try and deal with. You know maybe. Maybe from that point of view, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's maybe he does have that that streak in him that he has to try and control somewhere. He's like the king. He's like, sense. The, he's like the king of passive aggression. Well, right. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the a lot of the greats are, especially right. guitar players, Richie Blackmore, Ayomi, not that very passive aggressive. Right. It's like you don't you, you never know what they're thinking, you know, but they they always somehow manage to get their way and all that kind of thing, you know. Um, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's something, that, you know, to be a great guitar player, you have to have a certain type of personality or something. I don't know. But So that was Shove It by The Cross. So the first Cross album, and uh, there's two more uh, to talk about from The Cross, and there's Mad Bad and Dangerous to Know, and there's also Blue Rock. Um, Blue Rock, I think, was originally just out in Germany, but it's a bit more available these days. I think you can get it on Spotify and things like that. So you know, um, it's certainly available to you guys to listen to if you if you are interested before the pod, if you don't know it that well. So we'll t- certainly take um, take a listen to those two. But we'll uh, we'll just continue to go through the solo stuff consecutively. So that would put us with uh, Barcelona next. Um, I know you would argue it's not a solo album, but it's certainly the next thing that's Queen related. That's uh, in running in order and running order and all that. So fantastic. Well, we, well we're not doing the Anita Dobson album. Oh, I forgot about that. How? Oh, uh, we, need, we need to rip up the schedule, man. It's Queen related. It's better on back to the light, man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll just do that instead. It probably man. is. <laughs> Maybe we'll just do that instead. Huh? All right, so uh, we'll see you on the next one and uh, take care of yourselves. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.